Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour three. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? As always, you can text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, my name, to 33777. Sign up for the show notes. Uh, Get all the latest on uh, what's going on. We will, by the way, if you're a subscriber to the show notes, you can either text data to 33777 and just get a link to the show notes or Eric to 33777 and get the link to the show notes into the podcast and all that stuff. But subscribe to the show notes email. And after Ron DeSantis's interview, I'll make sure you have it uh, as an exclusive to the subscriber. So you get the audio of our conversation happens tomorrow uh, at the start of the show. Now, I, I, I got to, you know, one of the things we've commented on regularly here, listen to me in that royal we, one of the things I have commented on, not we, although some of you have as well, is how it's always the Republicans pouncing and the Republicans are culture warriors. Republicans are the ones who say, you know what, we're, we're just, we're tired of this garbage, this far, no further, status quo, and somehow we're the culture warriors. We are not the ones trying to push puberty blockers on kids. Yet somehow we're the ones attacked as being the culture warriors. And now Politico, which has always been pretty left-wing and is even more so these days, wants you to know House Republicans are relighting the flames of their gas stove culture war. Republicans did not start this fight. Democrats are the ones who said they would ban gas stoves. Democrats are the ones who have been trying to ban gas stoves. What's hilarious is that it links this this sentence, House Republicans are relighting the flames of their gas stoves culture war. Gas stoves culture war is linked to a piece from January What the rights gas stove freakout was really about, the subheading, the Biden administration isn't proposing to outlaw fossil fuel-powered appliances, but they're at the center of a growing nationwide debate about city and state gas bans and the latest Washington culture war, where literally the Biden administration said they were considering banning gas stoves. So now GOP lawmakers will use a subcommittee hearing and committee vote Wednesday to step up their attacks on the Biden administration's efforts to regulate the kitchen appliances, portraying proposed efficiency standards from the Energy Department as federal overreach. Wait a second. They said the Biden administration wasn't doing anything, and now they say the Biden administration wants to regulate the kitchen appliances? 
President Biden, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, and the head of the Consumer Product Safety Commission have all disavowed any desire to outlaw gas-fired cooktops, although multiple Democrat-led cities and states have sought to do just that. Nobody's taking my gas stove. Nobody will take your gas stove, she testified. Jennifer Granholm did. But that's not dimming the fervor of Republicans who have cried foul at federal efficiency standards for light bulbs, showers, and toilets. They note the Department of Energy has proposed a significant expansion of efficiency regulations on gas stoves, an effort that would make them more fuel efficient and curb the burning of planet-warming methane as well as reduce emissions. Industry pushback has also been filled with culinary metaphors against the Biden administration. Now, I gotta just start. Now that I've laid this out for you, let let me start here. The most efficient stove is the induction stove. I have an induction stove. And let me tell you, an induction stove can boil a pot of water, a giant pot of water. An induction stove can start that sucker boiling in just minutes. What an induction stove does is it spins magnets. So glass pots don't work on an induction burner. You got to have pots that a magnet can stick to. And the magnets spin, and 100% of the energy of the magnet spinning is conducted, is converted into heat, which brings water to boil very quickly. An induction stove is magical, and the heat control is amazing. I mean, you can control the heat so precisely with an induction stove. The most inefficient is an electric stove. An electric stove is actually considered more inefficient than a gas stove because of the electricity needed to heat the coils, and then the coils have to heat the bottom of the pan, and then the bottom of the pan has to heat the stuff inside the pan, whereas with the flame, the flame's already hot. You're just burning material, and, and you get a lot of wasted heat, but also a lot of it does go into the pot. The difference between electric and gas, and most people do not have induction, it's newer technology. Most people have electric or gas. The difference between election and electric and gas is that you can control the heat better with gas than electric. And the reason is because for your typical electric stove uses a coil and that coil gets hot. Well, when you turn it from high to low, it takes time for a heat transfer to happen for it to to reduce from high to low, the actual coil. And therefore, your pot continues to stay hot as the coil has to slowly cool down. When you reduce the flame size, you're reducing the power output. It's way easier to control the output. And more modern gas stoves have these very, very, very small flames that they can generate that can, can melt without scorching, even say, for example, chocolate in a pot. And also with gas stoves, you can flambe. You can actually throw uh, bread right on it. If you want like a tortilla, you want to char the tortilla or the pita bread, you throw it right on the flame. And what the Department of Energy is doing is a sleight of hand. The Department of Energy is 
change wants to make gas stoves efficient. And in making those gas stoves efficient, essentially render them too expensive to be purchased. The rule would leave basic gas stove models that make up half the market untouched. And there would be changes to commercial grade models to meet the standards. The problem is that the standard gas stove is the one they complain about and they want emission reductions in the standard gas stove. The way it would work to get rid of the emissions in a standard gas stove is for it to stop producing gas. They're doing a sleight of hand. They're doing a three-card Monty. They're telling you we're not getting rid of the gas stove. It's not a war on gas stoves. But what they're actually doing is putting in efficiency standards that are so high it will make the regular gas stove too unaffordable and will eliminate the gas stove. You won't be able to get a consumer gas stove that can meet the efficiency standards. You'll have to pay an arm and a leg to get one of those high-end ones. Like I want when I, Whenever I have the money, if I can ever really grow this radio show and start bringing in the money, I want a big house, and in my house, there's this company called Wolf, and Wolf makes these ranges, and these ranges have a big griddle in the middle, so you can do pancakes or burgers and stuff, and then they've got a, a like six burners. It's this massive thing, two ovens underneath it. It's gas on top, electric ovens. I want one of these. It's like $10,000 or more. No way I can afford this right now. Really got my career to take off or win the lottery. Fly priority jet, have my Wolf gas stove. I want one giant. They're the cons- they're the commercial grade prosumer model. The problem is the standard. When you think of gas stove like your grandmother had in her house, like my parents have in their house, you're not going to be able to buy them anymore because they won't be able to meet the efficiency standards. That's why they're saying they're leaving those alone and they're focused on the commercial higher end models because the young, the the, the, the commercial, the consumer end ones, you're not actually going to be able to get anymore to comply with standards that they say they're not going to have. They actually want emission standards and the emission standards they won't be able to meet and so they won't be able to make them at a price point you can buy them. So they're not technically banning them. They're just making them too expensive for you to buy. It's a sleight of hand. It's also one the GOP can win on. Increasingly the environmentalists and the population control people, they're all the same people. They're just driving up the costs on the poor and the middle class. And the poor and the middle class are responding by voting for their economic interests for Republicans. It is the rich, white, wokes who are voting Democrat. And the poor, non-white people in the Democratic Party are moving to the right because their costs keep going up. Inflation keeps going up. This is one of the things I want to ask Ron DeSantis about tomorrow. When he calls in, I want to ask him, nationally, you are known as the man fighting Disney. You're known as the man who passed the Parental Rights and Education Act that the media called Don't Say Gay Bill. But the number one issue for voters, Republican and otherwise, is cost of living in the economy. Talk about that. What do you tell people about those issues, about the economy? I want to ask him about that because this is fundamentally an issue that the middle class cares about. Their costs continue to go up, and the Biden administration's regulatory regime causes those costs to go up. In fact, there was a report out the other day in the Wall Street Journal that with increased regulation – 
big businesses do better than small businesses and prices go up because costs go up and small businesses can't comply with the regulation so they go out of business so they increase regulation you increase monopolies it's what the Biden administration wants they want to prop up the fortune 500 they call the GOP the party of the rich and they're the ones passing the policies to keep the rich in power the gas stove is another example of this it's a winning issue for the GOP And frankly, it is a culture war front because people understand that Democrats are destroying their way of life. And it's all about population control. You grow your costs, you hinder people's ability to have kids. You put everybody in a tin can to drive around that takes an hour to charge, you can't have as many kids. You raise the cost of food, you can't have as many kids. You ruin schools, Dumb down kids, you can't afford private education, you disincentivize people having kids. It's all about population control. It's all about controlling you. And it's all something that the American people are beginning to reject. And in rejecting, they're voting for Republicans who are promising increasingly to have their back on these issues. It's a culture war front I don't think the Democrats can win on if Republicans, however, prioritize the big issues first. Jobs, crime, the economy. And then make this stuff kind of the overarching tie-in that the Democrats are ruining everything. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, let me go to the phones here. Sandra, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hey there. Thanks, Eric, for taking my call. I must be the only person in the known universe that doesn't use Twitter. God bless um, you. Reason. <laughs> well, it would be my own worst enemy because I'm too opinionated. So I need to stay away from it. However, <laughs> I want to listen to the six o'clock Twitter spaces. So I've downloaded the app, but I have no idea where the spaces are. Can you enlighten me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so Twitter Spaces is – so uh, a product came out called Clubhouse a while back. It was this dumb app where basically it was it was uh, audio group chat. It was, it, was like a, it, it was like the phone, and you could listen in on people's conversations. So Twitter deployed it. So if you've got the Twitter app on your, your phone, you'll see little icons at the bottom. It's like a house, a magnifying glass, and then – uh, something that's supposed to look like a microphone in the very center. And mm. that is Twitter spaces. And they highlight, uh, for example, uh, I'm looking at right now these ongoing chats, uh, Twitter spaces happening on news stuff. Uh, but if you scroll down, you see one that says DeSantis 2024 launch live discussion as primary war begins. Uh, and you can set a reminder for these sorts of things. What you will see when this, when the spaces go live uh, this evening, you will see it highlighted in that little microphone button, and you just click the button. Uh, you see all the Twitter spaces. You click the Twitter space you want, which will be on Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis, and you'll be able to eavesdrop in on the conversation. All right, I can do that. Now, it's not intuitive. I got to tell you, it's it's not an intuitive thing. Essentially, Twitter's trying to be everything to everyone, kind of like Instagram is becoming. Um, Instagram is actually about to launch a Twitter competitor. 
But with Twitter right now, you you can click on the Spaces microphone, and then you'll be able to see DeSantis and Musk conversation. You'll see a purple box. You click that box, and you can just listen in on the conversation. Well, I'll be eavesdropping away. I figured you would probably have a link to it in your daily feed, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I so I, I will probably push something out later, but they don't generate those links early, so you can't. Um, it's one of the downsides of, of it. Uh, there's no uh, RSVP that, that you can use right now. They just expect you to show up. You can also go to a web, You can go to the Twitter website. If you go to just twitter.com, uh, you'll see them all listed at, at, the, at the very top. You'll also see the microphones there so you can get the Twitter spaces and listen to the conversations. It is not intuitive. Uh, but I, I, I just, I do have to say again, and, and Sandra, thanks for the phone call. All these people say, no, he's so online. I can't believe he's doing this. That was why you people love Donald Trump in 2016. Cause he was on Twitter and could control the narrative from Twitter. And now with DeSantis, you're like, I can't believe he's on Twitter that much. We he's never on Twitter. This is, this is why it's actually a big deal. This is not something that is regularly done. And then he is going to go to Fox News. Trey Gowdy gets the first TV interview after he's in the race. I am interested to see out of the gate how he does this. He's certainly been testing and polling messages to stop Donald Trump. Um, we'll see how it works. Now, let me tell you how Advantage Gold works. You go to them and you ask them uh, about investing in precious metals, and they can get you the precious metals. you got to buy them, but you can get them from them at a very reasonable price. And then they also talk to you about the compliance issues. You may not know this, but the Internal Revenue Service, and Advantage Gold did not tell me this. I actually happened to read a Wall Street Journal article on this, actually disqualified some people from owning precious metals because they were keeping them in like a jewelry box with their earrings and rings and stuff. And they're like, no, you got to have like a safety deposit box or something. You got to be able to store them and segregate them from the rest of your precious metals. Advantage Gold will give you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you what you need to know to comply with the rules for 401ks, for IRAs, for general investment strategies. Their phone number is 800-450-2566. With all the turmoil in the world and the like, you can go to Advantage Gold if you're interested in precious metals and get their help, 800-450-2566. That's 800-450-2566. And let Advantage Gold answer your questions. Get the free gold IRA investment kit. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, I got an email from someone earlier asking for... I think they misheard me about videos that the, the, what is it? The sisters of perpetual indulgence or whatever it is, go and send some more people, the uh, drag queens and the like who have done sacrilegious things with symbols of the Catholic faith. Uh, I think you misunderstood me to some degree, but about them doing videos and stuff and wanted links to the videos because a friend didn't believe him. I, I, I don't know where the videos are. I know this is what they do. I've read the description of what they do, but um, Meg Basham, who writes for the Daily for the Daily Wire, has now put up a video where you can watch uh, two members of this group. One of them, a a very scantily clad man, uh, who is appears to be crucified, who's the Jesus figure, and another dude in high heels wearing a bikini, grind on the guy, and then use a stripper pole, and then get the guy off the cross so the guy in the bikini and high heels can 
grind on the cross as if he is having sexual relations with the cross. And that's the group the Dodgers have chosen to honor. And, and this video is out there with a crowd. Um, it is rather obscene. Uh, uh, the one guy, I, 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 I don't even want to begin to describe this stuff for you. It's just vulgar and vile, and it's what the Dodgers have decided to side with. Uh, making a mockery of the Christian faith. If they did this to the prophet Muhammad, well, you and I know they never would, and you and I know why, and that's just very telling. Now, to the phones we go. Bob, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing today? Good. How are you? Fine. Eric, um, I confess I'm calling you because I'm ignorant. I went all the way through graduate school, and I thought that our Constitution provided for three branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. And I never understood that the judicial branch could delegate to the legislative branch that they could set up their own courts and hold court, or the executive branch could delegate its police power to the legislative. So my question is, first of all, I'm irritated because Congress, without regular order, passes 2,000-page bills in the middle of the night which thou shalt not shalt not gives it to the executive branch. The executive branch then writes laws that if I break these rules they put up, I can lose money, I can go to jail, I can lose my property. Why can the Congress not have to have those laws come back, those rules, and they have to approve them because the automobile standards, uh, emissions, the stuff about gas stoves, none of that stuff could pass Congress on a roll call vote. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, it, it is a big uh, game that Washington plays, and, and Bob, I'll explain it to you, but first there's some breaking news I've, I've got to hit. Uh, Tina Turner has died, uh, and it, this is news worth hitting. Uh, I grew up with her music. Uh, you all know uh, the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner, a uh, very famous uh, singer. She has passed away at 83 years old. Um, thought that lady would live forever. Um, breaking news. Simply the best. Tina Turner, dead at 83. Now, to Bob. Uh, this was actually a very strong point of contention and remains a point of contention among conservatives and liberals over time. Uh, the Supreme Court in the 1930s and 40s sided with the government and the, and the progressive state and has maintained this ever since, although is swinging the pendulum back in the direction against the regulatory state. Essentially, uh, the, the government created administrative agencies to carry out the laws of Congress, to form regulations. And the way the Supreme Court says it has to work is that the agencies ha are in the executive branch, and the executive carries out the law. So the agencies are allowed to write regulations that carry out the law, and the agencies can then force compliance of the law. So individuals have to comply with the regulations. The agencies serving as an executive branch agency uh, force compliance. The heads of the agencies are appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate. So it is technically an executive branch position. But as Bob rightly points out, they are essentially passing laws. Now they call them regulations, 
but you and I got to comply with them, and these are unelected bureaucrats. That's where the Chevron Doctrine comes in. The Chevron Doctrine is on the docket at the Supreme Court to review, and I suspect it's going to be rolled back because Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and John Roberts have for years made it their mission to kill the Chevron Doctrine. The Chevron Doctrine is this. It is a doctrine by which the Supreme Court, in a case called Chevron versus Natural Resources Defense Council in RDC, uh, Chevron the Gas Company, it said that if a government agency takes a poorly written law and interprets that law, courts must give the agency leeway to interpret the law, even if the court would interpret it differently, so long as the interpretation is a reasonable interpretation. And what the court says is that agencies are charged by Congress to carry out the will of Congress uh, as the executive is supposed to do, and they can write regulations. Those regulations, however, must be uh, reasonably interpreted from the legislation. And what Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and John Roberts have argued for years is that, no, this allows Congress to write poorly written laws that give agencies that are in the executive branch too much legislative power, that the agencies are in the executive branch, so the only regulations they should be able to write are the natural, probable legislations to come from clearly defined laws. So getting rid of Chevron restrains the agencies. It allows the court to interpret the law and say, this is what Congress meant. And then the agencies have to comply with how the court interprets the law. Giving the agencies free reign to interpret the law themselves makes them not just quasi-legislative and quasi-executive, but quasi-judicial as well. And Roberts, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh said absolutely not. Now, uh, what's his name? Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, they're already there. So you have five members, and I assume Amy Coney Barrett is as well. You got six members who really despise the Chevron doctrine and want to restrain it greatly, which would be a good thing uh, for them to roll it back. Uh, now, Quinnipiac, turns out Quinnipiac had, had a pretty good polling in uh, 2022. Quinnipiac has a new poll out now that DeSantis is formally in. Here it is, uh, Trump, 56% of Republican support. DeSantis, 25% Republican support. Nikki Haley, three. Pence, two. Tim Scott, two. Chris Christie, two. Vivek Ramaswamy, one. Yunkin, Glenn Yunkin, one. Chris Sununu, one. Christy Nome, one. Larry Elder, one. Trump, 56. DeSantis, 25. If DeSantis consolidates all the other support, everybody else drops out, he doesn't even make it 50%. Now, the DeSantis team will tell you when you expand out the polling, you find that in the, the national polling, he beats Biden, Trump doesn't. And also that the Trump number is a ceiling and you start attacking him on Fauci and his decisions, then suddenly his numbers start to go down. You think it's also going to be a grassroots ground game. They intend to motivate their voters uh, that there is a there is a theory, and it's not just the DeSantis team. It it is the other candidates as well. They have a theory, and it's a theory you can't really test. 
except on the ground in the election. And the theory is that the number of Trumps, uh, of people saying they support Trump is actually very soft. When you start pushing them, they're saying Trump, and they're not really that committed to Trump. They may not turn out to vote for him. So if you invest hard and get your voters to go vote, then you might be able to get, uh, you might be able to beat Trump. This, they also point out to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was leading all the polls right now in 2007. In May of 2007, Rudy Giuliani ran the roost. John McCain's campaign was floundering. It was barely getting out of the gate, and Rudy Giuliani ran supreme. He was over 50% in a lot of polls. And the DeSantis team points to that and says, hey, this is just like that. Now, I don't agree because Trump was an incumbent president, known quantity, but I'm sure there is some softness there. He can pick it up. But it's it's going to be interesting. Now I want to make I want to make a big pivot because uh, Bob Bob's call kind of threw me off here from what I was going to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about a story. It is technically technically out of Georgia, but it's not really. You see, there have been a series of stories nationwide about book banning and the GOP. In fact, CNN has a very dishonest story going on right now. I, I'm, I'm deeply ashamed of this story at CNN. Here's the headline of this story from CNN. Amanda Gorman is gutted by school district's decision to restrict her poem after a parent complained it contained hate messages. The acclaimed poem written by Amanda Gorman for President Joe Biden's inauguration was moved from the elementary section of a Miami-Dade County public school after a parent complaint and school review. A parent of a student at Bob Graham Education Center, a kindergarten through eighth grade school in Miami Lakes, objected to Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb, for which they erroneously listed Oprah Winfrey as the author, according to a document. It is not educational and have indirectly hate messages, the complaint said, with spelling errors. The same parent made similar complaints about Love to Langston, a poetry-based biography of black poet Langston Hughes. A materials review panel at the school declined to remove the books from the school entirely, but did decide that the Gorman poem and two other disputed items uh, belonged in the middle school section, which is for grades 6 through 8. Wait a second! You're telling me they didn't get rid of the book? I mean, the headline is Amanda Gorman is gutted by school district's decision to restrict her poem. They didn't restrict the poem. They moved it to the four to six grade section of the library from the K through three section where the kids can't even read the poem. And she's gutted at censorship. This is such a scam. And CNN's doing the Washington Post did a big story yesterday about Forsyth County, Georgia. The Department of Justice, I believe it was, or maybe the Department of Education, ruled that the Forsyth County schools in Forsyth County, Georgia, may have violated civil rights rules by removing books from a library. They curiously, in the Washington Post story, did not list the books. They didn't list the books. Someone on Twitter listed the books. The books were in an elementary school library in Forsyth County, Georgia. They were pornography. 
explicit pornography, explicit pictures of people having sex. The Washington Post didn't say anything about it. You know, it's always very curious in these stories that they don't actually tell you the full story. They don't tell you what books were banned, so you can't go see for yourself. The Washington Post, even the local paper in Atlanta, wants you to think that that the school system could be in trouble for civil rights, for for removing books from an elementary school library. The books they removed have explicit depictions, graphical depictions of sex. They just can't be honest, can they? The media is so in with the wokes on this stuff, so in with the groomers. They cannot be honest about what's actually happening. You remove graphical depictions of sex from an elementary school library and they accuse you of banning books. By the way, the books aren't banned. They were just moved to high school libraries. Same in Florida. They came out with a list, some activist group on books that were banned in Florida counties in their school systems. People went and checked. The books are still all there. The books are still there. They haven't been banned at all. The media continues to lie, advancing the groomer's agenda, which is why so many of these Republican candidates are going to bypass the media, as they should. I do not want you to bypass Patriot Mobile. I want you to go there to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. They are Christian conservatives. They're cell, they provide cell phone service. And all you have to do is move your service to them. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers you're already using. And then they take their profits and give them to the causes you care about. From the Second Amendment movement to the pro-life movement to conservative candidates, that's what they do. It's why they were designed. It's what it is their motivation. They share your values. They fund the causes you care about. And all you have to do is move your cell phone service to them. You can keep your existing phone number. You can probably even keep your existing phone if it's unlocked. So there's very little disruption. You're just suddenly not getting the bill from your current cell phone provider. You're getting it from Patriot Mobile with the same phone number. And if you have an unlocked phone, the same phone. And you're getting guaranteed great service. You're probably already using the same cell towers. So you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, or you call them 972-PATRIOT nationwide, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. They are great people. They share your values. They fund the causes you care about. Patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I want to go back to the phones here at the end of the show. John, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Eric, great show. Hey, um. I'm a two-time Trump voter, really excited about the Santas, interested in your thoughts on what I think was the greatest political blunder in my lifetime, which was the appointing of Anthony Fauci and turning over the world's economy to him. Uh, what's, what, what's the Santas going to do with that? Yeah, yeah, so John, you know, Josh Barrow, who's a political commentator, said today he's going to make people think that uh, that it, Anthony Fauci was Donald Trump's vice president, not Mike Pence, that, that he's going to join the two of them together. And in fact, uh, some of the initial never back down advertisements around the country, that's the DeSantis Super PAC, they're running ads of, of Trump and Fauci attacking DeSantis for reopening schools in Florida and running ads about uh, Donald Trump attacking Brian Kemp in Georgia for reopening the state economically. They absolutely intend to uh, make... Tony Fauci, part of the Trump administration as he was, tie Donald Trump to him and say essentially uh, Donald Trump on the, the biggest moment of his presidential career, a global pandemic, botched everything and elevated Anthony Fauci to the platform Anthony Fauci had. 
it's an attack that works in the polling of Trump supporters, which is why they're doing it. Uh, Trump supporters have never liked Fauci. They haven't liked the vaccine. And making sure they understand it was Donald Trump who elevated Dr. Fauci and Donald Trump who funded the vaccine uh, is something DeSantis intends to do. And by the way, there's also a shadow campaign out there, you should know, by people uh, close to DeSantis who are going to start pointing out in whispers to the people who supported January 6th, you know, Donald Trump could have pardoned these people. And he chose not to pardon them when he was there. He says he'll do it this coming time. He could have done it last time, and he didn't do it. In fact, a lot of the stuff you're going to hear come out is Donald Trump says he's going to do X, Y, and Z as president. He could have done that last time and chose not to do it. Donald Trump says Mexico is going to pay for a border wall. That's what he said last time. Mexico still hasn't paid for a wall, and we still don't have a wall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, it, it, I, this is, I think, the message that works. You can't have kid gloves against a bully. You, you got to throw a punch. And the DeSantis team, from what I hear, is not shy about throwing these punches. It's got to be a targeted punch. It just can't be like, like throwing everything at him. You got to throw the stuff that makes sense. And Fauci, hanging Fauci around Donald Trump's neck makes a ton of sense if that's the direction the campaign goes. And my belief is... That's the way the campaign is going to go. Uh, Ron DeSantis joins me tomorrow right at the start of the show. See you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.